Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, a good subarctic morning to yeah. you there, buddy. You're still, you're still freezing. <laughs> still What's cold. the temperature up there, Maryland? Ah, it's about 26 right now, but it got down below 10 overnight for a long time. Yeah, it was almost freezing here in Florida, which I've never ever heard. Wow. It was 34 yesterday, which in the morning. I mean, in the afternoon, it heats up to like 60. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cold. But nothing compared. I totally sympathize with you up in the north. Yeah, I am man. not complaining at all. I was a New Yorker, a Marylander. I totally get it. It is freezing, and you have my deepest sympathy. I am celebrating 34 degrees. Given the, so a guy, a, a regular listener of the show, you know who you are, emailed me yesterday a temperature map of his area. I don't know yeah. where it was, like Saskatchewan or something. It was like minus 30. I'm like, brother, you have Whoa. you got me. It was it was 34 and it was 60 degrees warmer up here. So you have my deepest sympathies as a regular listeners. You know I love you. Um, on a very serious note, it's going to be a a tough show for me today, but I think an interesting show for you, especially some of you who are tuning in for a very specific reason. So last night I got into a little Twitter thing with the, another Clintonista, which uh, you know I I do often because I think the Clintons are corrupt. I think they've been the most destructive force in American politics in the last fifty years. I know information about the Clintons um, that people have told me that are basically unimpeachable sources that is devastating. Some of it, as I've said to you on the show before, I've had to hold back and it's not that I'm playing coy or that I care about, oh gosh, we're going to hold it for like a podcast Tuesday when the listenership is at, no, no, that's not what I'm about. (laughs) What I know and I can verify, and Joe can vouch for me on this because he knows it, what I know and I can verify, I've given you. Um, What I know and I can verify and have been sworn to secrecy on by others who will get them in trouble, I've had a hold back on because I'm not going to burn someone else who's going to lose their job because they trusted me with something. Right. So I was given permission to say something on something you've all been curious about for a long time. And let me give you the quick genesis of how this started. So I get into a little Twitter fight, which to be fair, I started against Philippe Reigns, who is a Clinton bootlicker, another acolyte, sycophant, <laughs> uh, you know, sucks up to the Clintons at every opportunity. Uh, the guy's basically, I remember this guy. Uh, we, we didn't cross paths a lot because he came on kind of later from what I remember, but I worked with him more during the Senate run. But I know who he is, and I know people who know him. He's kind of the, uh, as I tweeted back to him, the whiny, uh, typical like bow tie wearing foie gras eating liberal type. You know, very whiny. You know, like snowflakey. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You've seen the type. So I get into it on Twitter, and again, I did start this, so I don't want to be disingenuous with you. But he fires back a bomb from Wiki uh, Wikipedia on me, where this some anonymous agent. I, he's not anonymous. I know who he is. Who we never liked each other has always mm-hmm. gone after me. Um, about me writing that initial book, which is fine. There, you know, I'm not anonymous. He gets the remain, although I know who he is, and I know why he said what he said. But what the agent said was was uh, was basically that you know the, the, what what's uh, what was in my initial book was a was a misportrayed level of access for the Secret Service. So I put out a challenge to Philippe on Twitter, quoting Wikipedia, which is kind of funny, by the way. And I said, mm. "Well, show me a you know, I'll give you a thousand dollars, and I mean it." I'll give you $1,000 if you could point to one one example in my first book of an exaggeration. 
Now, you talk to Secret Service agents who actually know me, you'll get a completely different, overwhelmingly positive perspective. But of course, this one guy who got in trouble for doing something, and I made sure people knew about it because what he did was entirely unethical. He's the anonymous source. I'm sure of it. He's always been. Uh, you, you see where I'm going with this? So that's the setup. Yeah. So I then said to Reigns on Twitter, and I'm going to say to you now, I've been holding something. And because these Clintonistas continue to make this personal with me, and they do their typical thing, which is to not address the allegations show, but mm-hmm. to deconstruct the character of the person making the allegation. They mm-hmm. did this with the, all the Bill Clinton affairs. They've done this to everyone that's come after them. They attacked the person, not the charge, in an effort to discredit the person and later say, oh, well, those charges, they came from that person. He can't be legit. You see the strategy? Yeah. So yeah, it's time sure. to fight back. And uh, let me tell you a little something. So here's what I know. And what I think the public knows about, but doesn't know the details. So I was contacted by a source, and I'm not going to give you any more details on who that source is. A he or she, an it, a they, a z, or whatever. Alien, what doesn't matter. But the source is, the source is firsthand. Firsthand, meaning they were there for liberals. I have a tough time understanding that. And the source, let's just say they, they told me that they were they were actually on one of these flights with with Clinton, Bill, that is, and this Epstein character. This Epstein character who he flew around with quite a bit, who was uh, charged with a bunch of crimes for taking a bunch of basically teenage girls on a plane to engage in all types of behaviors, let's just say. Use a family-friendly show so you can figure out the rest. Mm-hmm. Joe, now, to be clear, you and I haven't discussed this in the past, right? No. We You're hearing this, right? I haven't discussed no, it to you before the show either. I just told him that, bear with me on this, so he's, he's giving me a lot of leeway. Yeah, it's new to me. So Clinton was on those planes. That's not, that's all out there. People know that. There's nothing breaking about that. But what if I told you there was a firsthand account of Bill Clinton on that plane disappearing with some people on that plane? You put two and two together, folks. You can figure it out disappearing with some people on that plane and not coming back for long enough that the person who gave me the firsthand account of what happened was so disturbed by it that he had to bring it up to people in a senior position who then made him kind of pay for it. Hmm. Him, her, they don't look into any of that. No, I mean it. I'm like I'm intentionally trying to cover for for someone. So if this person was so disturbed by what they saw and brought it up and was made sure to it was kind of silenced in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think happened there? Now, I know these stories have been out there and there's been a lot of speculation, but what I'm telling you is that the first canned account of this person she he they was so disturbing that the person felt the need to call me and tell me about it now to give you the you know the details on how that happened i was gone i was not in the secret service at the time i had left and i'm telling you that the account from this person is absolutely unimpeachable and and also is the character this is not a partisan actor not someone with even strong political leanings at all. 
but it is a woman, um, a man, who uh, was horrified about what went on with the Clintons during their time that this person was around them. Now, I can't say any more because that's a firsthand account and I don't give secondhand information as if it's a firsthand account. But I'm telling you the manner in which it was told to me was so troubling that I think given light of what's going on right now with Weinstein and all these other troubling scandals, that that deserves some pretty serious attention. Now, Philippe, because you've decided to, you know, open up and attack me, answer that one. What was going on in the back of those planes? Why was he back there with those with those people? What was he doing back there? Having airplane peanuts? Were they watching a movie? Were they doing yoga? What were they doing back there? Answer that, Philippe. Does someone want to tweet Philippe Reigns? By the way, I figured this out. I got his name right. It's one L. Philippe. It's not Philippe. It's Philippe <laughs> Reigns. One L. Can add a second L. I just threw that in there for loser, but that's all right. So tweet Philippe and ask him, what happened there? You guys all seem to have big mouths when you come after people. Grant that I absolutely started this. And the reason I started it, so you understand the background, is because now that the Clinton email investigation is opening up again, the Clinton consiglieres, you know, the, the Clinton army of drones will come out and not discredit the email charges. They'll try to discredit the Department of Justice, Donald Trump, Jeff Sessions, anyone else involved in the case, and people like me who have firsthand accounts of the email situation as well, Joe. They will never refute the charges because they can't. Right. Right, Joe? There's no disputing classified information was shared on the Clinton server. No, there's no disputing that at all. Right. So their their tactics are, because this is what the dirty dog slob Clintons do, is they attack the messenger. And when they attack the messenger in an effort to discredit the messenger, they distract attention away from the charges that will basically focus like a magnifying glass the attention on them. Now, with regard to the email scandal, I also have a firsthand account of that. Someone who was there when the actual server was looked at. And let me just give you the account on regard of hacking into the server. Quote, it was not good. What do you think not good meant when you ask about hacking and someone says uh, it was not good? You think they meant it wasn't hacked? Uh, folks, I'm, I'm just asking. I know the person was scared who was there, didn't want to, was afraid of retaliation by the Clintons. I'm not. I don't care. What are you going to do to me? I'm ready for it. I was born for this. I am. I'm absolutely ready for it. I am absolutely ready for this. 100%. I'm ready for this fight. Now, the guy I know who was there also has other people who know and other people who know things are also afraid of speaking out. Now, I'm going to throw in one final. So I, I asked first Philippe to address the, what was Bill doing in the back of those planes with those people, Joe? What was he doing hmm. back there? Hmm. Question number two. What is the server when asked about if it was hacked? The server, uh, when you asked about it, and the quote was, it's not good. What does that mean? No, I'm serious. Was that mean? Are they talking about like the battery power on the server was going on? What exactly does that mean, Philippe? Let me ask you a third question. What about that DC cop? What about that DC cop that 
Hillary physically confronted. I think you know what I'm talking about years ago. That was all kept quiet. What about that one? When she stormed up on him. You remember that? That's another pretty strong firsthand account that's not, quote, exaggerated. What about that? You guys love the cops now, right? It's the Republicans who can't stand the cops. Look, they're attacking the DOJ. That's that's your new BS line of thinking, right? What about that incident? She ever apologized to that guy? She may have. I don't remember it. What about that? Oh, you're going to tell me it didn't happen? You sure about that? I'm just going to leave this uh, here with Philippe. People are retiring soon. People who are involved with the Clintons. You do the math. You figure in order to get involved with the Clintons at the staff, security, military level, you probably needed to have five years on the job before you got involved in a campaign, right, Joe? So you figure that means if Hillary Clinton's campaign for United States Senate in New York started in 1999, that means in roughly 1995, we'll round off there, round up a bit, right? 1995, a lot of these people, men and women, started on the job, right, Joe? Mm -hmm. So that would mean that if you had a 20 or 25 year retirement that we are right around the corner, Joe, from a whole lot of people getting ready to walk out the door. Not bound anymore, some of them, or scared anymore of job retribution when they tell the truth about you guys. Now, the sources I cited, because they're three different women, men, in those three different stories, were all there when it happened. They related to me because they can't say anything right now. They relayed those stories to me because they needed those stories out there. A lot of those men, women, are getting ready to get out soon. How do you think it's going to feel, Philippe, when we give them an avenue to tell their actual stories from their own firsthand account and not repeated by me? Because I can tell you specifically with the first story that it is particularly devastating. You have fun with that? How do you like them apples, Philippe? Sound fun? You sure you want to keep going with this one? dope sorry buddy but you opened up a can of whoop on yourself Mm -hmm. sorry about that i know it's a family friendly show all right um i'm bringing this up for another reason um as well i'm going to get to that in a second it's important with regard to the clintons because there's been a major 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 breaking news story about the clintons that you may have missed last night it'll be in the show notes today at bongino.com please subscribe to my email list i'll email you the story direct to your inbox but it's important and wh- I'll, I'll get to you in a second why it's important all right today's show brought to you by our buddies at iTarget with the iTarget pro system that's the letter i iTarget pro what is iTarget pro why does it matter to you folks you own a firearm you want to get a firearm you a cop, a military, you a hunter, recreational shooter, trying to teach your kids how to safely and effectively handle firearms. Mine are getting ready soon. I don't think they're ready yet, but they're getting to that age soon, one of them. Folks, the best and I think the safest way to do it in the comfort of your own home is the iTarget Pro system. It's a letter I. Now, you may say in your home... You're going to shoot in your home? Hell no. Of course you're not going to do that. We have, we're, we're Unlike uh, criminals, we're t- safe, uh, responsible firearm owners. Of course you're not. But what if I told you there was a system out there that allows you to safely practice in your own home by taking your dry fire practice to the absolutely the next level? I got an email this morning. You know who you are from a guy using this system. You got to see the groupings he sent me. 
They were amazing. I mean, he tightened his group up so much. How does the iTarget Pro system work? It is a laser bullet you drop in the firearm you have now. When you order it, you just order the caliber. You have a 45, you have a 9mm, you have a 40 cal, 357 SIG, what at 380, whatever the round is, you just order that round. You drop it in the barrel of the firearm you have now. You don't have to make any manipulations, you don't have to buy any special parts. On the back of the laser bullets are rubber stopper. It's not going to hurt your gun. It's not going to do anything to your gun at all. Don't you worry about it. When you typically dry fire, Joe, you dry fire means you fire an unloaded safe weapon just to practice mm-hmm. your trigger pull and trigger control. Well, what does the iTarget Pro system do? Well, when you put that laser bullet in there and you depress the trigger, of course, it's unloaded. It just has a laser bullet in there. It emits a laser onto a target they give you, and you see exactly where the round went. It is an amazing system to practice your trigger control, your sight alignment, level across the top, equal light on both sides, your grip high up against the back strap of the weapon, your, you know, your trigger depression, nice and slow and smooth. It's the perfect way to do it in the safety and security of your own home. Now, ranges are great. You have to get to the range sometimes. Nobody's disputing that, not even the eye target guys. But the range is expensive. It takes a lot of time. You have to go once a month. You have to clean your gun. You have to buy the ammo. Not everybody can get there once a week. If you want to learn how to fire your firearm effectively and accurately, which is the only thing that matters, those things, really, anybody can shoot a gun. Can you shoot it accurately? This is the system for you. You can practice around corners in your home. You can practice at different angles. You can do it safely. As long as you follow the instructions, this thing is one of the best systems I have ever seen. Competitive shooters dry fire 10 times more than they live fire. That's because they do it for a living and they know it matters. I'm going to give you a promo code here. First, I need you to go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, itargetpro.com. Put in promo code Dan, my first name, and you'll get an incredible 10% off. Folks, this is an amazing system. You are going to absolutely love it. Send me pictures like that guy did this morning of your groupings on it. Because you can see, you can take a screenshot of your actual groupings on a target as if you were shooting a real target. Watch your scores go through the roof, your accuracy go through the roof, and your your effectiveness with a firearm go through the roof as well. itargetpro.com, promo code Dan. Okay. Uh, getting back to the story I just teased for you. Folks, there's a case in the, in the, uh, with the FBI being reopened on the Clintons. That's another reason I'm bringing this up today, in addition to my spat with uh, Philippe. One L, Joe. One L, not two. It's important. Philippe Reyes. <laughs> <lesson. laughs> we may have to add him as a character. What do you think? <laughs> Philippe. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Caveman, Caveman Joe Philippe. Let's do that. Let's add him as a character. <laughs> Philippe, there you go. You're being uh, memorialized in our show forever now. <laughs> so I'll put in the show notes today's story about a, uh, an email, uh, a case being reopened by the FBI, excuse me, about the Clinton email investigation. You're like, oh, okay, oh, what's the big news there? No, no, be very careful. The news here is not that it was opened. I think everybody expected that, Joe. Everybody knows the email scandal was, mm-hmm. was, was. I, I put it in the article by John Solomon at the Hill. Now that we're starting to figure out everything that happened with the email scandal with Hillary, it looks even worse. It's where the case was opened. Now, when you're in the Secret Service of the FBI, and you have a case uh, of national importance, or it's very politically sensitive. I remember this in the Secret Service. Matter of fact, we had one. In the Secret Service, we would call them, uh, you know, like uh, specials or something like that. You know, and the, and the headquarters would monitor it. Or some mm-hmm. of them, is, is, uh, in mo- very specifically, threat cases, presidential threat cases, Joe, hmm. are all monitored out of headquarters. 
All right. In other words, if I have a case, say, on a low-level counterfeiter in the New York office, mm-hmm. headquarters really doesn't give a crap about that case. I mean, they do. They want you to arrest someone, but the, the director every morning of the Secret Service is not like, hey, did Dan Blagino get that guy who passed the $100 P-note up? At, you know, P-note was a computer printer note. You get what I'm saying? Like, he, mm-hmm. they don't really care. They got other fish to fry, right? But if it was a case of international super notes, which was the... Uh, the the note that was sponsored by a big government, the North Koreans, that made a counterfeit bill so genuine even banks couldn't detect it. And you had a source on that. Trust me, Joe, the director wants a briefing every morning on that one. Now, a little known fact with the Secret Service, all intelligence cases, threat cases, threats to the president are monitored at a headquarters, all of them. Why do I tell you that? Because just to give a, a pat on the back to the Secret Service, that's how, if any of you are wondering, like, do they take these threat cases seriously? Uh, yes, every single one literally is run out of headquarters. Every one. You threat, do you know that, Joe? No, I didn't know that. You threaten the new. president, your case is going to be monitored by headquarters every day. That's how seriously they take this stuff. Now, the FBI has a very similar type arrangement. Bank robberies, financial crimes, credit card fraud, you know, kidnappings, cases that they make across state lines, those kind of things. The headquarters doesn't get involved in every case. If headquarters gets involved in a case, it means that you're going to have, Joe, suits. What we, you know, right? Suits, bureaucrats. You're going to have suits and bureaucrats that are, of course, going to get involved in the case and are going to be making the decisions. What is important about this case, this new case that's been opened up against the Clintons? It was not opened up out of headquarters. It is being run out of the FBI uh, office out of Arkansas. Ladies and gentlemen, take it from me, your Mm. good friend Dan, who's been involved in this system. This is a critical distinction and an absolute game changer. Not that the case is going to be free from Washington, D.C. headquarters bureau management. I want to be clear on that, Joe. This is certainly going to be, this is an important case. But that the case is being run out of Arkansas is a clear, distinct difference from what we've seen in the past on the email investigation, where it was clearly being run out of headquarters from Andy McCabe, Peter Strzok, and all those other people that we know were politically compromised. This is different. Now, the case being run out of Arkansas, I I said the email investigation, but let me be clear on that. I, I was a little bit imprecise and shame on me for that. The case being run out of Arkansas, and you can read the piece, I'll put a Fox News piece in the show notes today, Joe, is a pay-to-play case with the Clinton Foundation. In other words, was money distributed to the Clinton Foundation from donors in exchange for some type of political preference? Now, whether this winds up roping in the email investigation, why, now why would that be? Because a lot of this is going to have to be shown by communications traffic. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Like, I email Mm -hmm. you, hey, Joe, get that guy to give me a $5,000 check, and I'll do something for him at the State Department. Well, that's an email, Joe, so where would it be? On a server. Mm -hmm. So the reason I even bring that up is because nothing with the Clintons that covers the Clinton Foundation, Uranium One, or anything else, nothing can be investigated without the email server. Why is that, Joe? Because that's all they had. Mrs. Clinton didn't even have an official email. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah. There was nothing there was nothing else. There is no right. case on the Clintons that does not involve the email server. Nothing. Uranium 1, the foundation, none of it. She only had an unofficial, unauthorized, illegal server. Private server. There's nothing else. So the fact that this is running through the Arkansas office 
that may or may not, Joe, have been tainted by the prior email investigation. Mm-hmm. Says to me that some rank and file agents who I always trust because they're good folks, that rank and file agents may be looking at this for the first time. And if they're looking at the information for the first time, it's going to be hard to ignore either pay to play or what happened with the transmission of classified information over the email. Impossible. I applaud the Department of Justice for stepping up on this. And folks, I think this is a game changing moment. I am, matter of fact, I'm convinced this is a game changing moment for the Clintons. They have been the Teflon Dons of politics forever. Remember John Gotti in New York, Joe? They called him the oh, Teflon yeah. Don. There was nothing yeah. the FBI could get this guy on until they did. And he died in jail. Right. I remember a guy. He got off on everything. The Clintons are the Teflon Dons of politics. They have escaped serious prosecution for perjury, for whitewater, for travel gate, for scandals upon scandals upon scandals. The Clinton pardons, Epstein, the destruction potentially of government property, which I I have not even gotten into in detail on the show because I have a source on that too, but I I can't confirm uh, that's coming another day. The physical confrontation with the cop, the Clinton Foundation, Uranium One, the email scandal, they've gotten off on everything. I am absolutely convinced this is a turning point right now, specifically because of where the case is being worked out of. If the FBI management can remain partisan politics free of this investigation and let the agents do what they're going to do, I know they're going to uncover criminality. You got it, Philippe? <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. You sound like you sounded a little bit like Scooby-Doo when I went, huh? Shaggy? <laughs> That'd be, yeah, the Rot-Row. Rot-Row is right. <laughs> Rot-Row is right. Rot-Row is right. All right, I got a lot more information to get to you. <laughs> Folks, do not dare tune out. This is, I say it a lot, this is the most important show I've done in months. Um, and I've got another story next I want to throw out to you. And I want to be candid about where I'm going to go with this before we even start. I may have been wrong about something, about this Trump-Russia thing. I had my eyes open last night a little bit. Someone said something on a cable news interview, and I thought, Joe, I'm telling you, a light bulb went off. I was like, have I been looking at this wrong the whole time? All right, I'll get to it in a second. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. Love these guys. Best air filter company out there. The holidays may be over, folks, but the winter's just begun. And according to studies, I, I hate reading these because it always reminds me that I'm inside and my air is polluted, Joe. Yeah. And according, right? Doesn't it? You too, I bet. And according yeah. oh, to studies, yeah. this is true. The air indoors contains up to 100 times more pollution than the air outside. Someone get me outside. This could cause illness, allergies, and unnecessary wear and tear on your HVAC system. Did it to mine. I had to replace both units. Thousands of Americans would die. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie, for joining our filter by Ed. They will. You better change your system, all right? Costly repairs are even worse than premature replacement of the entire system, which happened to me because I had clogged up filters and a not maintained HVAC system. The whole thing cost me 20000 by the time I was both done with both of them. Even worse, my duct work I had to replace because I got a, what, a five-ton system? And it was a three-ton system before. And the guy's like, dude, you're like blowing air through a straw. That cost me another 1500 bucks, all because I didn't maintain my system. Resolve to breathe better with FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You got a small business? You got 500 filters? You got a house. You got three filters. 
These are your guys. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours, plus manufactured right here in America. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Filter by YouTube. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's funny. Filter by offers a multitude of Merv options all the way up to hospital grade. You want hospital clean air? Filter by, that's your company. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Don't mess around with this. I'm serious. They cost me a lot of money. I don't ever lie to my audience to sell stuff. That's true. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery. You'll never have to think about air filters again. Save money, save time, save your HVAC system. Breathe better with filterby.com. That's filterby.com. Filterby. Dot com And thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. The Filter By folks love us. They love you. You guys and ladies out there are terrific. Okay. This is serious now. And to be fair, I'm getting into speculative territory, but I wouldn't have to get into speculative territory, Joe, if someone would just release the damn dossier while FISA warrant. Okay. Mark Levin has only been calling for this for a year now. If someone would just release the FISA warrant they used to spy on the Trump campaign, we all of these questions would be answered and we'd have no problem at all. So for days, just to set this up, and uh, folks, this may, if you mess, if Joe, if, I'm, if I lose you, you, it is critical in your audience on Budsman Roll, do you stop me here? Because this right, gets bro. very complicated very quickly. But if okay. you don't understand this, I, I'm doing you a disservice. Because what I'm about to tell you, I think is, if I'm right, is probably the most disturbing story I've ever heard in politics, including the ones I just told you about the Clintons. Okay. And this is not conspiracy theory stuff. I'm basing this on an analysis I heard based on fact. Okay, so let me just set this up. The question I've been asking all along and telling you on the show, because you've heard it, Joe, is was the fake dossier that the Clintons and the DNC paid for from Fusion GPS, which the information came from the Russians, was that information used to spy on the Trump team? Makes sense, right, Joe? Yeah. That right. I've, Have you not heard that from me a thousand times that I've said this is the most critical political question of our time? And it still okay. is. All right. But I heard something last night on cable news that has me thinking I've got this all wrong. I have been assuming the entire time, Joe, that this Russian intel that showed up in the dossier that mm-hmm. made its way into the Obama administration for them to look at into the media and may have been used to get a warrant to spy on the Trump team. Remember, it's all fake, Joe. It would be right. no different than if mm-hmm. I was running for you for co- running against Joe Armacost for Congress, paying an opposition research guy to make something up on Joe, like Joe Armacost uses Grecian 21 and his hair, putting it in a warrant to spy on Joe to see if he uses hair coloring. Okay. Big deal, right? Right. But I have assumed the whole time that the genesis of the entire operation to take down and spy on the Trump team was the dossier. I think I was wrong. Hmm. Roger Stone, and listen, he, he can be sensationalist. I get it. I understand that. But he said something last night that I had discounted and forgotten about that made me think I've screwed this whole thing up. That the critical question, let me set this up for you, Joe, may not be, was the dossier from the Russians used to spy on Trump? Okay. The critical question may be, was this a setup the entire time? And was the dossier just step two 
in a way to kind of backtrack on step one. Now, I know you, I promise I'll explain this, okay? All right. I am not confused at this point. But okay. Someone okay, may be. Um, yeah. Now, here's what I mean. Stone's on Tucker last night and said something that I had completely forgotten about mm-hmm. that made me think, this is really weird, especially having been a federal agent. How was it, folks, that all of these randos out there, right, these seemingly random people kept approaching the Trump campaign through low-level surrogates and and secondary players to provide them information. Hmm. Now, let me give you an analogy here, what I'm saying here. Let me, let's just say, Joe, you and I have a podcast, right? I mean, it's obvious. You and I are friends. Yeah. Have you ever, I mean, it's a serious question. I'm not joking around. Have you ever gotten an email from someone from the Secret Service claiming to be an insider saying, I have potentially criminal information against Dan Bongino? No, not once. No, it's okay. It's a serious crime. Like, I'm not messing. I'm just trying to set this up so people understand. Cool. Joe, would you think now we've known each other, gosh, five years now? We've been doing this mm-hmm. show for three years almost, right? Yeah. Would you think, and again, I'm not being silly. This is a very serious topic. I'm asking you as a friend here. Yeah, would you okay. think it unusual if over the course of the next month, three or four different people approach you on email, different emails, Mm-hmm. And said, hey, are you that producer? I've got information on Dan Bongino. I remember from the Secret Service. And it's bad. He's going to jail. Would you think that was strange? That'd be crazy strange. It would be crazy only because yeah. we have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of listeners at this point all over the world. Literally, we have the we have a lot of listeners, by the way, in Australia. So thank you to our Australia, which is strange. Mm-hmm. But thank you. Thank you, mate, if that's funny. I mean, I, it's not. I get it. Horrible joke. But thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate that. But what, you would think that was odd, right? People yeah. have only known us for three years now. All of a sudden, this starts happening? Yeah. Why was it, Joe, that Carter Page, uh, George Papadopoulos, the friend of Don Trump Jr., who got the email which who said, hey, listen, you got to get this to Don Trump Jr. We have information. Why were all of these people all of a sudden approaching Trump surrogates? Hmm. Now, Joe, let me ask you a question here. You are not a criminal investigator, right? I did, and just to be clear with our audience, I did not brief you on any of this, right? None of it. And I no. didn't because I want Joe's honest reaction because I know if he doesn't get it, you won't get it either. Okay, Doug. If that happened... And all of a sudden, out of the blue, because let's say I announced tomorrow I was going to run for president. I'm not running, but just you get the point. And all of a sudden, you got this information, Joe. Is it just possible that someone's setting you up? Yeah, yeah. It's now, possible, yeah. Let me sure. double down on it. You may say, setting you up for what? You're, so you're okay. they're saying they have information on Dan Bongino. Let's say, Joe, that they say, I have information on Dan Bongino, Joe. And it's three separate people. And it came from the Russians. <gasps> now, you're a little, you're savvy a bit because you've been following this case. And we, uh, to be fair, we have the benefit of Monday morning quarterbacking because we already know the story, right? Yeah. Now, you would be suspicious, correct? I would probably say something to you. Yeah, you probably would. And you would probably say, hey, man. Uh, probably I, I would. But now, uh, seriously, now, is a serious question. Being candid right. with you. If this had happened before this Trump-Russia fairy tale broke, say two years ago when I was running for Congress or whatever, okay. serious question, would you have said, hey, Dan, you know, 
we should we should check this out. We should go meet with this guy. I mean, serious. Would you meet with him or not? Would you say we should? I I think I'd tell you about him. I, that's what I would do. I'd say, this is what happened to me. What do you want to do? Yeah, exactly. And Joe, to be candid, I would be damn curious. Okay. I'd be like, my, what, what the hell are they talking about? Now, put that story aside, but keep it in the back of your head as a template for what I'm about to tell you now. Okay. Why was it that before the application for the dossier was filed, all of these Trump people were approached in some way, shape, or form, or randomly appeared in FBI documents. My point in telling you this, Joe, is was this a setup the entire time? In other words, did the Obama team, let me just be careful here, did Obama appointees, because I don't know, to be fair, what Obama knew and didn't. I don't, and I, I have thoughts on it, but I don't want to speculate and get be ridiculous here. That's what conspiracy crap gets what comes in. I don't uh-huh. know what he knew and didn't. I do know this. There were management people at the upper level of the FBI that unquestionably had a partisan bias against Donald Trump. Okay. If they started an investigation into Donald Trump, Joe, and his team, Mm-hmm. but had no solid verifiable information they could use in court. That's an important distinction. Okay. To start that investigation, but they started it anyway. Mm. Maybe the dossier, Joe, later on was just used as a way to spy, unmask, and basically wiretap through audio means and surveil the Trump team to go and verify what they already knew. Hmm. Now, you may be a little confused. Let me give you an example I gave on a Facebook Live I did yesterday. Because, okay. folks, this is... If the FBI at the management level ran basically a sting operation against a presidential candidate on pure speculation, no probable mm-hmm. cause, no reasonable suspicion, no means for a warrant, and then reverse targeted the inv- uh, the investigation. In other words, Joe mm-hmm. opened up an unauthorized, potentially illicit investigation into the Trump team. Sure. Then went back and formalized it later, only to put on the record what they already knew. The whole thing was corrupted the entire time. Here's a quick example. Hmm. Sorry, folks. I'm I'm still. Like I said I'm still like, the cold from hell. It's like uh, it's the worst thing ever. But I did get a good workout in yesterday. Here's an example for you. Let's say, Joe, you have a neighbor up there in Pasadena you really don't like, and you're a, you're a federal agent. Not only that, uh-huh. Joe, you're a federal agent with broad authority and a lot of power. You got it. You work for the FBI. You have an agent, uh, excuse me, a neighbor you just really don't like. He lives a couple houses down. You just don't like him. You have absolutely no reason at this point to believe he's done anything wrong. That would open up an FBI investigation under any standard rules of engagement, right? Committed a crime, committed a bank Mm -hmm. robbery. Those are the reasons they open up investigations, right? Right. Major crimes, whatever it may be. You have no reason to believe that at all. But you hear word at an HOA meeting one day that said neighbor uh, may be dealing painkillers out of his house. Now, you're not even really responsible for painkillers. That's a DEA thing. But you Mm -hmm. still have investigative authority. You have no... It's a rumor. It's conjecture. And candidly, it's this kind of thing you'd call the local police on ordinarily. But because Joe doesn't like his neighbor two doors down, let's say Joe one day 
sees a door open in the back of the house and their yards are connecting. He looks around. Mm. Anybody looking? He says, I'm just going to creep in the house there. Creeps in the neighbor's house and he finds a boatload of painkillers. <gasps> Look what I've got. Now, Joe just committed a crime, right? Joe just yeah. burglarized the house. The fact that it's his neighbor's house is entirely irrelevant. Joe walks out of the house. He knows he's committed a crime. But Joe knows he has to get the neighbor. Now what does he do? He opens up an investigation on oh, some hearsay, but I think we should really look into this. He then gets a wiretap on the neighbor, surveils him 24 hours a day, and finds out maybe the neighbor was, in fact, uh, dealing in painkillers and locks him up and sends him to jail. Who did more damage to the country? This is a very serious question for you to enlighten this Trump, in light of this, what I, what I believe happened now with this Trump investigation. Is it the FBI agent who used authoritarian, tyrannical tactics to stop, well, granted, what was a crime? Or was it the guy dealing in painkillers who's probably ruining a lot of lives, but probably won't lead to the downfall of the country and faith in the Justice Department? I would make the case to you that when looking at two wrongs like that, unquestionably the greater wrong is the FBI agent who's now, when people find out about this, entirely destroyed faith in the FBI. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, I knew you'd agree, and I think 99.99% of our audience says, yeah, that's kind of right on that one. Because the one way to handle the drug dealer would have been, Joe, to call the local cops. Hey, I think there's something suspicious going on over there. That's it. Pretty simple. But now, how do you handle an FBI agent who has usurped his authority, potentially committed a crime, opened up an illicit, unauthorized operation, and then when it becomes public, he's destroyed faith basically in the entire American justice system. Folks, that's what I'm suggesting to you may have happened in this case. Okay. And I'm asking you to do this based on these, this set of variables here. The story about how this case started, which we still don't know. The story about how this case has started has changed three times. I spoke about this the other day. Yeah. I'm not going to redo the whole thing, but I, I, if you listen to the show uh, a couple days ago, you'll see the New York Times reported last uh, summer that the case started with an investigation into Carter Page who took a trip to Russia. Two days earlier, CNN reported that the case started with the dossier, April 18th for CNN, April 20th for Carter Page. So which is it? Was it the dossier that had the FBI so concerned, the fake Russian intel dossier, or was it Carter Page going to Russia? Joe, both stories can't be right. Mm -hmm. Now, Carter Page was in the dossier, so CNN may have had the story right, and the New York Times may have had parts of it right, and just attributed it to Carter Page rather than the dossier, to be fair. But the news story last weekend was that, no, George Papadopoulos did it because he was then talking to a guy, a diplomat, who passed information on to the FBI. How is it that all these people were approached? Do you really believe the most consequential investigation in modern American history into a president at the time candidate and then president-elect was started because two randos on the campaign who had zero decision-making authority at all, Papadopoulos and Page, you think they started the biggest uh, 
uh, my most consequential investigation in modern American history? Really? Because one guy took a trip to Russia and because another guy got drunk in a bar? Now, on the dossier, because I didn't tie that up, as it relates to the story I gave you about the guy dealing painkillers, was the dossier used later on to get a warrant to spy? I've said to you that's the most critical question, and it still is. But let me add a question on to that, Joe. Okay. Was the dossier used to get a warrant to spy, a FISA court warrant, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court warrant, on Trump people, Mike Flynn and others, not to start a case, Joe, but to simply buttress and fortify a case they already had that they should have never started mm-hmm. in the first place. Okay, it's clear where you're going. Yeah. You got okay. that? Yeah. They were panicked. This is a distinct probability based on the collection of facts and me as a former investigator. I, I cannot believe something wasn't going on where people panicked after a while and said, mm-hmm. what if we lose? What if Hillary Clinton wins? I mean, excuse me, if Donald Trump wins and we're not able to cover this, we're going to need something to make sure the break in into the house to get the painkillers, Joe. We're going to have to cover that because Mm -hmm. what if we're on video somewhere? What if we're going to have to find a way to legitimize us looking into the Trump team? I got an idea. There's this dossier floating out there with these salacious allegations. If we verify this, which they never did, by the way, but we put the FBI's name behind it and we go in front of a FISA court judge, we can get a warrant to listen in on the Trump team. And then we can get the information, them talking about it on tape, Joe, the trip to Russia. We shouldn't have been monitoring anyway. You follow what I'm saying with Carter Page? Yeah. But we can get Carter Page talking about it and then we can make out like it was a legitimate investigation the whole time. Nice job. Very clever. Now, folks, wait, that's so that's let me that that's how I'm gonna wrap that up for you. The dossier is a critical question. Was it used to get a warrant? But the the mo, the more critical, the most critical question, I should say, the most critical question here is was it used to get a warrant to cover for an investigation that was already ongoing that people started to panic about? Folks, I'm, I'm going to offer to you that nothing in this case makes sense unless what I told you is true. Nothing. Nobody has explained with any coherence, logic, or reason to this day why an investigation was started against the Donald Trump team. Nothing. All they can seem to show is that these people were approached by Russians who said we're, we're supposed to have information. That's all they can tell you. Why are all these people approaching them? Let me leave you this one last thought on this. If those people were approaching you, Joe, Mm -hmm. about what we said before, about information about me. They got dirt on you from the Russians. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you be curious as to who was putting them up to this? Yeah. Why are all those people approaching the Trump team? Who put them up to it? Right. Why is Fusion GPS protecting its bank records? Was Fusion GPS paid by the FBI? Huh. (laughs) Think about that one, folks. The answer is I don't know yet. But I'm just going to ask you to digest that one. Was Fusion GPS the, the intermediary between the Clinton campaign 
the DNC and the Russian Intel. Fusion GPS, the company run by Glenn Simpson, that produced the dossier. Why are they hiding their bank records? Did the FBI pay them? The FBI paid them. Who were all these people approaching the Trump team? Who told them to approach the Trump team? And you may be saying to yourself, you left a loose end here, Dan. What did Roger Stone say last night? What he said last night that sparked this light bulb in my head, which I'd forgotten about, is the Russian lawyer that met with Don Trump Jr., Mm -hmm. who had approached the other guy to, to approach Don Trump Jr.? Joe, you know she shouldn't have been in the country? You know who gave her a waiver to get into the country to meet with Don Jr.? Hmm. The Obama administration. Chew on what I just told you for just one second. Chew on that. So Joe gets an email about me from someone who shouldn't even be in the country and is in the country because the Obama administration let them in? By the way, they're hiding their bank records how that was all financed. Folks, this thing stinks to the heavens. Stinks. I'm telling you, this was a setup the entire time. All right. I have a final thought on this um, that came up today. Uh, There was a piece in Politico. You know what? Let me actually, to be fair here, let me pull up the headline because the headline uh, should trouble you because the Democrats are now moving on to a different line of attack. Uh, Let me see. Oh, here it is. Politico uh, headline today, White House by Annie, Annie Carney. Okay. It says White House's growing, uh, excuse me, Washington's growing obsession, the 25th Amendment. You may be saying, what's the 25th Amendment? Why does this matter right now? What does this matter mm-hmm. to what I just discussed? Folks, the Democrats were hoping to have Trump impeached by now. The problem is impeachment is entirely a function of political capital. I've discussed this before in the show repeatedly, Joe. The term political capital, you've probably heard a thousand times. You're probably tired. Sure. Of impeachment is a function of political capital. It is as simple as that. You may say, oh, it's high crimes and misdemeanors. It is. But trust me, folks, if they want to find a high crime or a misdemeanor, they'll find one. Okay? As evidenced by just about every president in history who's been impeached. They want to find it, they'll find it. It is a function of political capital. Bill Clinton was impeached, but he was not forced out of office in a Senate trial. Why? Because the senators who voted on it knew Bill Clinton was relatively popular. Impeachment is a political process under the guise of an actual criminal proceeding upon Capitol Hill. They thought they'd have him impeached by now. Why are they panicking now? And why is Politico putting in a piece, Washington's growing obsession, the 25th Amendment? Folks, the Democrats never thought the tax cuts would pass. Ever. They were terrified of the tax cuts passing, but they never thought they would pass. That's why they lied about it. Now that the tax cuts have, in fact, passed, the Democrats are panicking. Why? Because Trump's approval rating is going up. It was up as high as 46%. Now, listen to what I just told you. Rewind the tape. Impeachment is a function of political capital. The high crimes and misdemeanors are secondary. I know that sounds strange, but I'm telling you it's true. They will find a high crime or misdemeanor for anyone in office if they want to. Trump's political capital is now gone up after the tax cuts, and the Democrats are stunned and astonished. Mm-hmm. They were hoping this Trump-Russia fiasco would be enough through indictments to get him out of office through impeachment on an obstruction charge. That is dying by the day now as his approval rating goes up. 
Now they're switching the narrative to what I told you the other day, if you listen to Monday's show, to they're going to switch to the racism narrative that Trump is a racist. And to get him out of office, they're going to switch to the 25th Amendment now. I'm not putting the Politico piece in the show notes because it's Politico, um, and I have almost zero respect for them. Uh, They're just a crap outlet. But you can Google the 25th Amendment. What is the 25th Amendment, Joe? There's a provision in there that if the vice president and the majority of the cabinet deems the president mentally or physically unfit to remain in office, that they can remove him, in fact, from office. There was a panel up on the hill the other day. And Jamie Raskin, the the, uh, Maryland congressman who uh, is uh, a little strange himself, a Democrat, super liberal, is now talking about we have to gauge the president's fitness for office. Joe, this is simply a result of this Russian thing collapsing. The Democrats are finding more information right now about this and are finding out that this may have been a setup. They are starting to panic. They're moving on to the racism narrative. Trump's political capital is going up because of the tax cuts. They're realizing the futility of an impeachment argument. So Politico and the D.C. media is now throwing out there and they're starting to trial balloon, Joe, the idea that the president is mentally unstable in an effort to politically pressure the vice president and the cabinet to get this guy out of office. They are in a full blown panic right now. Everything is falling apart around them. Folks, I know that was a lot in this show. I didn't even get to this story on the Fed I wanted to cover, which was interesting. But but I'll get uh, hopefully I'll get to it next week about the stock market and things. But please, this was an important show today. Listen twice if you can. But I don't get extra credit for it. We get one download per <laughs> IP. But folks, please listen twice to this one, especially that second half about what I told you. And I'll leave you with this question again: Why are they hiding their bank records? Fusion GPS. And who paid or assisted all of these people to approach the Trump campaign with, quote, information? Who told them to do it? When you answer that question, this entire thing, the horse blinders come off, the sun comes out, and unfortunately, sunlight in this case is the best disinfectant. Unfortunately, there's a whole lot of germs to be disinfected on this one. This thing stinks. I'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.